And now, the starting lineup for Inside Slam. At guard, number 11, from the University of Iowa, standing 4 feet 26 inches, it's the man with the smoothest voice in the commentary box, Mr. Magic, Steve Confino. And at small forward, number 6, standing, well, sometimes because he prefers to sit, Mr. Stats himself, Evan Goldback. This is Inside Slam. Uh, I like their shorts, by the way. I don't think, have I seen your legs before? No. Yeah, not many people have because <laughs> I, I look like a white guy on the bottom and I got the farmer's tan golf on the top. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just, there's a whole, like, I don't, I don't even know. Are, you, are, are, you, are you really black? Yeah, some part. And I can see that you, see? S- you skip leg, leg day, by the way. <laughs> no, no. Look at these. See that? What do you you mean? don't have those. Those are, you, are muscles. Mate, are you, you don't have those. Are you kidding? You pull, I, I, pull your pants down <laughs> right now and it, let's compare. No, no, that, that's the next, this is that's, muscle. That's the next podcast. This that's, is muscle. You wouldn't know one. anything about it. I've seen your post. <laughs> that's the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Inside Slam. This is Evan Goldback. We are recording this episode on the 20th of November. And I'm sitting next to the man, Mr. Magic, Steve Carfino. And we have a very, very special guest in the studio today. We've got Joe Healy from Fox Sports. Joe, thank you for being on the show. Hi, guys. Great to be here. Are you, re- are you ready for the show? You know, you know what's coming. I think, I, I think I'm ready. Because we're going to be going off on tangents that you don't even know about. So before, ready. before we jump in. Sounds I've like always... me trying to tell a story normally. Don't worry. <laughs> I've always wanted to know this. Like You know so much about sports. Are you like one sister among 17 brothers? or How, how, how did you get such an interest in sport? I actually think it was my mum. She wasn't allowed to play sport her entire life. Her parents were pretty brutal. So she just pushed my brother and I into it. So she got me into all sorts of, not weird sport, but, you know, motorsport. I love the Formula One as well. Um, but I actually used to play basketball against her. And she, she's quite a, a big woman and she would just bosom me out the way. Like uh, she was not <laughs> letting her daughter beat her at all. So I have her to thank for any post moves that I can actually pull off these days. I like that. I like that. We should set up a little court. I want to see, I want to see these post moves. Uh, you come off third best. Me? Yeah. <laughs> That's what, right. Man, what are you talking about? I've seen yeah. your, listen, your legs, I'll just go straight past you, buddy. I'm yeah. going to go right back to what I said before. I've seen your post. I've, you know, you're, you know, right. you're an we'll R. Right we'll we're going into the gym after this. We're going bronze medal right there. All, All right. right. Check out more podcasts from Global Story Network, like Surviving the Impossible, a cinematic podcast that follows the harrowing true story of Nick Yaris, a man who spent over 20 years on death row for a crime he did not commit. What could be worse than being sentenced to death for a crime you did not commit? Knowing you put yourself there all because of a lie. To check out this incredible story, head to globalstorynetwork.com or search Surviving the Impossible wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, um, guys, it's really exciting, big news. I know we talk a lot about the NBA, but let's take it back into you know, the local talents, the local league, the NBL, because... I was there at the Sydney Kings Illawarra Hawks game, and it was the biggest crowd ever. Uh, something over seventeen thousand. I'm not sure the exact number, but it was just an amazing environment to be in. You could feel the crowd buzzing. I think Joe, you were you were there. I was there. Yeah. How good was it? It was awesome. It was so much fun. I did notice that the crowd was different. 
it was it was different to I was there the week before um, for the other Kings game, but. This was the guy sitting behind me. I was eavesdropping, mm-hmm. and uh, he was saying that he went to high school near Lamelo. Every you know few sentences, they'd drop hashtag LB one, and it was it was a different crowd. Lots of Americans and real genuine fans. It was hard to get my head around, yeah. to be honest. You, you know, black people have a lot of fake cousins. Yeah, that's my cousin. <laughs> yeah, that's my cousin. <laughs> there were lots of them in the building. <laughs> yeah, Lamelo Ball, my cousin. I felt like I was in the minority for sure. Like it was, it was, it was a real like basketball crowd. Exactly. That's that's, and yeah. I felt I felt that walking in because a lot of times you know you get the eight nine thousand, which is really good, and then but then I just felt like I was, I felt like I was in the states. Yeah, that, that's what it felt like to me, and then. It was a really good game because I was like, please don't let it be a blowout because obviously the Hawks have been stinking it up lately. But, you know, Lamella, slow first half, but then he really came, you know, came to the fore in the third quarter. And uh, I think he had a good good account of himself. You, I mean, you guys are there. So was it one of those crowds where they a lot of them had never seen a basketball game before, too? Was there a, a bit of that mixed in, like where um, the whistle would blow and somebody would shoot a shot after the whistle and then those people cheer? You know, like even on a, a little, even on a basket that goes in after the whistle. A little bit of that where yeah. people would be like, ooh, when it was just a, like a basic crossover. I'm like, come on, guys, I can do that type thing. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it, the atmosphere was there. And the atmosphere built throughout the whole game, which is really good. So, you know, our man Rodney O, he's trying to get the crowd involved. And it was start, they started a bit soft. Because Aussie crowds, let's be honest, compared to the rest of the world, Aussie crowds suck. And I don't mean that to take down Australians, but it's funny. We're a loud and proud people, but when it comes to sporting events, I find that we're very soft. You go to, you know, go to a, you know, the UK, and you go to the soccer stadiums there, and they're so loud. You go to, you know, the the US, and you go to a college game or an NBA game, and the crowds are so loud. And here, it's just like we, we politely clap. But I felt that the crowd continued to build throughout the game, and you know, there was there's a lot of oomph in there in their um, cheering towards the end. I'm just going to go for a straight up sucks. I remember I was sitting at a game. It's Melbourne United playing against the Sydney Kings. You know, that big rivalry was was developing with Andrew Gaze being the coach and Dean Vickerman being the coach for Melbourne United. And I'm standing there. I'm pumped up. I'm ready for the game to start. And the guy behind me was like, you know, can you please sit down? The game hadn't even started yet. I'm trying to get ramped up for what I perceive to be a really big game. And this guy's like, I paid a lot for these seats. I was like, well, get your weak butt up. Yeah. You know, like get into the game. Joe, don't you think it's the total opposite of an Aussie in a bar? If you see an Aussie in a bar, they're going absolutely nuts. They're watching whatever sport, they're going nuts. And then they get to the game and they're like, oh, this is quite nice. This is quite nice. This is very easy. Well, I don't weird. get it. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense at all. Um, there were definitely a couple of people I know where I was sitting in and around who were really getting into it. Um, my other half is is one of them. He's uh, off his seat constantly. Um, going back to the ooze and ahs, I felt like every time Mello did something, people would ooh and ah. It yeah. was very much his crowd. Yeah, definitely. I thought he looked good. Apart I, from that flop, what was that? That and he, got, he got he got teed up for that. He got well. teed off and then yeah, bent well, straight should. away because that was his fourth. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, that was a pretty bad flop. James Harden yeah. in the building, everybody. Yeah, he is eighteen. Let him have an eighteen moment every now and then. But that kid can absolutely yeah. hoop. His vision on the court. His ability to, to get to the rim, you know, and I, what was he like six foot one a, a year ago, and now he's six seven. Yeah, crazy. I mean, he has got NBA. He's got one of those, you know, once every ten years type of talent. He's that good. I wasn't big on the mellow train type, you know. I was until I saw him, and then I saw, okay, cool. 
He's young. He's really, really lean. When he grows and gets a bit more size, that's when his defense will get a bit better because he'll be able to stay in front of plays. But his court vision is great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely going to be top three, maybe even might even be the first draft pick next year. Yeah, he's that good. I mean, his jumper is broken. I mean, Shane, he'll always goes crazy on it every <laughs> single chance he gets. He goes, oh, yeah, it's broken. Yeah, he doesn't he, even want to talk about he it He went anymore. off on this podcast like a few weeks ago saying, yeah, this is done. I posted it on yeah. social and everyone was like, well, Shane Hill, you didn't go first round. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. like, I tell you up. what, Shane, take his money in a shooting competition right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's take that mm-hmm. to the bank. Let's let's talk about another, um, I guess, Australian basketball moment. I guess, and that Brett, Brett Brown has just been announced as the uh, the Boomers coach for the twenty twenty Olympics. Well, I mean, that's exciting for Australian basketball. I think that you know that job is is such a difficult one. I think that you need like fresh turnover, fresh ideas. And and the fact that he's got all that experience, I know he's done it before, but he's a different he's a different coach, he's a different person now, um, and what he brings to the table, all that experience, and I think that you get a lot of experience when things don't go well. And he had a team that he really had to coach, you know, and he really had to develop and get them to the uh, position that they are now, the 76ers. And and I think that's a tremendous asset for Australia. And look forward to you know some new fresh ideas. I'm really excited by this. Um, nothing against Andre Lamanis at all, but obviously the World Cup was was disappointing. They the Boomers should have medaled there, and I think that I think the the NBA players in particular, you sort of got the feel that the players had it over Lamanis, whereas I think Brett Brown comes in and will command a lot more uh, attention and respect from the players, and I think that can only be a good thing. And I think also the fact that you have to get the NBA players there, and with an NBA coach, I think that. The NBA players, and we've got so many Australians in the NBA now, they'll have the feeling of, okay, this guy understands what we're coming from. This guy understands the the sacrifice that we're making to play for our country. And I think that that's a real plus to have an NBA coach, you know, coming and coaching the Boomers. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. I completely agree when I saw the FIBA World Cup. I thought, Levanus, good guy, good coach, but doesn't command that presence. And then, you know, and Brett Brown, yes, he, Let's be honest, he doesn't command a presence like a Popovich does, but he's an NBA coach. He's been coaching big-name players for a long time, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, all these guys, Tobias Harris. These are the guys he deals with every single day. So when you've got guys like Patty Mills and Aaron Baines and Bogut, you know, they're going to have that instant respect for him. Um, I'm really interested to see what our starting five will be next year because Bogut's going to be a year older. Simmons is going to obviously come into the team, but I like our team for next year. Look at look at how guys are developing. Guys are really taking their game to the next level. I always talk about NBA players, and next, the the following year they come back with a weapon like Aaron Baines. Uh, I'm sure he's been working on that three and stretching the defense and stuff. But he gets he the most, opportunity. He oh, could yeah. be most he could be most improved. Oh, he's he's, a, he's playing really well. DeAndre Aiden's been obviously been out for his PEDs, and he's really stepped up. And the guy is like he's great and he's so good in the pick and roll, for, especially for Ricky Rubio. Per, fits in perfectly with that offense. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting, and, and I think that will take a little bit of the pressure off of someone like Bogut next year as well. I think Brett Brown will help to bring in you know the likes of Jonah Bolden and things like that who may not have stepped aside had he been there for the World Cup, and I think those guys are going to be stepping up too. Jonah Bolden. Yeah, we yeah. see us both kind of, ooh, yeah, that was touchy. Man. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Hopefully, hopefully he's got us a bit more better. How can a, you not? Oh, yeah. moving on. All right, we'll move on, move on. Well, let's talk about a guy that kind of 
he's back in the NBA, but I don't think he's really developed his game too much, which is why it's taken so long for him to get back. And that's your favorite player, Steve, Carmelo. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, Steve no, wasn't sure where you were going then. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I know. He, he's like, well, I, I thought you were going to talk about Dante Exum, you know, because he's he, back oh. after a long time. He off. is back. He and is let's back. not forget about him, you know. I just hope he can stay healthy. I know. Because as soon as I start to get excited about Dante, he has the shoulder reconstruction or his knee goes. So it's just, and he's such a good kid. And he's got so much potential. I just hope he can stay healthy. Okay. Yeah. And he's rich. Don't feel too sorry for him. Okay. Rich. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about Mello? Well, let's, 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 let's talk about Mello. I mean, the guy, should, listen. Joe this. likes Mello. I can see your body language. She's yeah. leaning in towards the mic. Go ahead. All right. Come go, on, Joe. Go, no, Joe. No, no, you go. No, it's all good. I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. I've always been a fan. I'm excited to see him back. You're right. You know, what we were talking about earlier today that he was – you know, far better when he was in his prime, what, 10-time All-Star or something? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But the guy can play, and the guy can – I still think he can be a, a piece, a role player. Like, at, at the end of the day, if Lou Williams can adapt his game and come off the bench and be that instant scoring guy, then Carmelo can do the same. I think Carmelo's problem is that for so long he held on to being a starter. Know your role. Like, yeah, he yeah. needs to allow himself to take on that role. I think that's been the thing that's holding him back. I did read a, a quote from him before and he said he's um he's always wanted to or had his eye on, on Portland. I was like, that's the biggest crock I've uh, ever heard. That Come is, on. He said, right, the time is right now. I've always wanted to be there. No, you that, have not. Do you know who that reminds you of? That's like Jared Hain. Every time he, he went for the Fiji team and then he went for the, the Titans, he was like, <laughs> This is listen. It's all been my dream to live on the Gold Coast and you know <laughs> go to strip clubs every weekend. I mean, this is no one. That probably is the case for him. No <laughs> one has their eye on Portland, yeah. Oregon. I mean, unless you like um, trees, micro. You know, like uh, Kurt Cobain. No, unless unless you like you know like you're a a fancy beer person because they make their own beer in Portland and and that's why you you visit Portland. That's about it. Unless you like the rain. I can see a, I can see a Carfino microbrew happening here. I know. But, you know, you, you behind the bar with your short shorts and those legs. Easy. I mean, just, you're just jealous. I had to give up alcohol <laughs> to get this uh, these legs right here. That That's is true, right. mate. There you look you you're looking sharp, mate. You're looking sharp. So, I mean, what what do we think? Do you think it's do you think he's is Mello going to add anything to Portland? Because let's be honest, I think they've been a little bit disappointing this year. It's good to have him back in the NBA, but I don't think it's going to help Portland get over the hump or anything like that. I like the fact that Portland are taking a shot on him. Somebody had to take a shot on him. That's just too much talent sitting there. You know, hopefully he has been through enough disappointment and enough adversity to start changing his attitude a bit. Like, it is not an easy thing to do, to go from a superstar to being a role player. It's not easy. I think that the ones that have done it are have prolonged their career and they're remembered as being winners. They're remembered as being good teammates. They're remembered as guys that can bring something to the locker room, to these young, um, you know, these, what's the generation that we're talking G Gen about? Gen Y? Yeah, Gen Y or X? X? Or, I, I'm not I don't know. Joe, what, know. where are we now? I got no idea either, <laughs> <laughs> But I really hope, I'm, I'm hopeful for him. You know, I'm sitting back here and I'm a fan of Melo as a superstar. Like this is a guy they couldn't figure out at a high school who was a better player. Um, Mello or LeBron James. Yeah. You know, it, it was 50-50 on who was the best player coming out of high school. That's how talented he is. I mean, in the toughest city in basketball, New York, uh, I, I think Philly might be the toughest city, 
you know, as far as football is concerned. But yeah. as far as basketball is concerned, the Big Apple is a tough place to play, and he was able to do it. He's adored by fans in New York. He's done tremendous amount for basketball. I've got so much respect for him, but I just hope he can understand and be happy with the role of being a role player. This is a guy that's six foot nine and can still post up. He can score on anybody. But th- and that's the thing that I like. I like the fact that Portland's picked him up because they need that instant offense off the bench, which they don't have. Obviously, mm-hmm. you've got CJ McCollum, you've got Damian Lillard. They're their two big point scorers. You've got Yusuf Nurkic, who's probably coming back in about three, probably about three months, and he's going to really help the team. So if look, if um, Melo can play that six-man role, come in 15 points off the bench, give Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum some time to breathe, then it can then it can work. But I'm yes, I'm like you, I'm just glad that he's back in the league. 15 points off the bench. Are you high? You know, double figures. Come on now. Let's be realistic. What? You don't think I mean, he... the guy just got a job. Nobody wanted him. You, you don't know? think like, he can get 15? Oh, he can get 15, but yeah. is he going to be an, a liability on the glass? Is he going to be a liability at the defensive end of the floor? I think you can get 10 points out of him and him be super efficient. If he gets 15... God bless. You know what? I should throw a Shane Heal prediction out there and say if he averages 15 points a game, I'll do the podcast naked. Or no, he didn't. Shane didn't say that, did he? He said he'd wear, he said he'd wear a, a sleeveless shirt. Oh, really? <laughs> is he that? Is he that white? <laughs> no, he just has a theory that if you're over 40, you shouldn't really wear a singlet. Okay. Yeah. No I, one wants I, to see that, even if you're in shape. I wouldn't know that. No one wants to see a nipple ring by a guy that's 50. I've seen guys at the gym. Okay, you worked hard. We get it. But do we want to see a nipple I, ring? I, Absolutely not. I was actually wondering where you were going. Years old. Thank, Put it away. Thank, Put it away. Thank God you were talking about the gym because I thought it was going to go some about some float. Like, know. You know, some Is the thing. Mardi Gras coming up? That's it. That's all in right. that's in March. It's it's okay. on it's on your calendar, buddy. All right. It's all good. Okay. That's all good. All right. Um, really good moment in the NBA this week. I don't know if you guys saw it. Kobe turned up to a Lakers game. Crowds going crazy. LeBron goes over to him. You know, gives him the high five. It was, it was just great to see. And I was all I've always wondered if LeBron. You know, they're a massive chance to win it this year because they are just clicking. Their showtime. I, I, Danny Green's that putback dunk was unbelievable. Like these guys are absolutely killing it. If LeBron wins one or two championships, Joe, I might you get you in on this one. Do you think he will ever go ahead of Kobe on the Lakers? I guess Mount Rushmore, or it's always going to be Kobe. It's always going to be Kobe from a Lakers point of view. I mean, it will it will boost where the Lakers are at the moment. It will go down in history, and it will be bookmarked. No, no question. But Kobe is king Lakers. Okay. All right. Where's uh? Where does he sit for you in terms of best Lakers of all time? The top, I think. Number one. I think so. Okay. Yeah. 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 What about you, Steve? Well, I'm I'm older, so Magic Johnson's my favorite. But what I do like about Kobe Bryant is he played for one team. That's kind of an old school thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I was able to to be a Laker fan, and I was able to get to know the players that were on the team because they stayed for a long. I know it's a different era, and I'm not. You know, throwing any disrespect at the the modern day players who, you know, who get super teams and super money and, you know, they're looking after their families. They're looking after their next three generations if they're good with their money Uh, at all. I'm not hating on them at all, but I do. I do love the fact that in the old days, your city was able to identify with their superstars and know that they weren't going to leave. They were going to look after their superstars and make sure that they were happy, make sure they were paid. The Magic Johnsons, the Kobe Bryants, the Michael Jordans, 
those guys will always have a special place in my heart. I'm going to say Magic because he's my favorite player of all time. Mm -hmm. No disrespect to Kobe at all because a phenomenal player. Nobody worked harder at the game than Kobe Bryant. Nobody was a more astute student of the game than Kobe Bryant. Mad respect to him, but I'm old, man. Magic Johnson. I thought you were going to say Kareem. Yeah, well, mm. Kareem, he was a, he was a buck. You know, I watched him. True. I watched true, him beat true, the true. Celtics. I was a Celtic fan when I was younger. I'm not sure why. Yeah, in terms of Lakers, I got um, I got Magic, Shaq, Kobe. There's my top three. Um, but you're right. And when you when I think about plays, and I see, and, you know, you think about Michael, you think about the Bulls, you think about Dirk Nowitzki, you think about the Mavs. Um, you know, you think about AI, you think about Philly. You don't you don't think about the Denver days, right? And now. When when you think about LeBron, what do you think about Cavs? Do you think about the Heat? Do you think about the Lakers? It's very it's really yeah. it's really interesting now, isn't it? I think I, being an old school Miami fan, I think I still think Miami. But actually, it's sort of been drilled into us more recently that it's Cavs. You know, he went back, he he saved the city. You know, they had what a couple of great years in in Cleveland and with the the football as well. And so I, I guess. First thing I think of is is probably Cavs, yeah. Even though that hurts a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and I think that as you know, somebody who's seen a lot of players come into the league and retire and talk about their careers, I think that you know, as an older person, you have to adapt with the ever changing technology, everything that comes along, load management, and that, whoever even heard of that until a year ago, <laughs> you know. But you do have to adapt to the modern day game and the science of the game, so. That's me as a fan of LeBron James. You well, know, he's the modern day player. Yeah, true. he is. He is a great player. He is. He has been a role model. You know, he haven't had scandal. You know, thrown his way. This guy. You know, puts the kids through college. He's done so much good. There's. There's no shame in being a LeBron James fan. But except, except I'm old school, and I like the fact that a player plays for one team. He's drafted by that team. He stays loyal to that team. The team stays loyal to him. And it's a great legacy. And that could be his downfall in the whole who is the greatest of all time because, you know, what Kobe's got five just with the Lakers. Jordan's got six just with the Bulls. What, LeBron's played in eight yep. final series? but Nine. Nine. He's nine. played in nine. He's three and six. Yeah, okay. So He should be one and eight, to be honest. Yeah. But we, won't, we won't talk about that. Yeah. But, but yeah. with different teams. And so it yeah. just puts cracks in his um, legacy a, a little, just in terms of that argument of who is the GOAT. It's, and it's, he's, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Evan, he's the only one that we consider, that people consider to be the greatest of all time that hasn't just played for one team. You know, yep. Bill Russell, with all those championships, with the Celtics. The greatest player of all time, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he – he didn't just he wasn't shopping for a new team. They thought back then if you got seven players for one, you got a good deal, but that was the stupidest trade of all time. Can you name any of the players that they they traded, the Milwaukee Bucks traded oh, yeah. with the I, Lakers? I, I can go through all seven now. There's no I've got no idea. <laughs> Junior Bridgman was one of them. Oh, Junior Bridgman, yeah. yeah. Great. What's what's Dave he, Myers what's who he, was what's a, he doing now? Yeah. He's 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 a trivia answer yeah. <laughs> that no one gets <laughs> that, I, I can that's, only, that's a great trivia question i can yeah. only i can only remember two myself okay you know? wow that it's almost like uh 
Uh, That's without Google, by the way. It's like who? Well, okay. Cowards it's it's almost like the mellow. Google every time somebody asks you a question, you oh don't my god, know. I love Google. I would be <laughs> nowhere without Google. Look, <laughs> <laughs> actually, in trivia nights, yeah, on, on your no, phone no, check? no, definitely not trivia nights. Okay, absolutely okay. not. That's but in, in general life, I, I. But Joe, do you do you give you know everybody a chance to you know it, it's oh, I'm I'm almost got it. Do you let it, or do you go straight to Google? Oh, yeah, a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Give them two seconds. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm actually uh, going to get straight into one of our regular segments. I'm going to do Steve now. Then we're going to we'll go into community commentary, and then I'll come back to you, Joe. But we pressure's we ha- on. We, we have a segment called Who Am I? I'm batting a thousand so far. He's, pressure's on. Okay. He's batting a yeah, thousand. Yeah, He's had one. He had one that he didn't get, but it was off mic, so yeah. that doesn't count. Yeah. I, I'm also one for one with my Jerry West. But yes. Um, but I've got a, I've got a good one for you. I've got a really good one for you. So are you ready for this? Yes. So this player was born in 1972. 72. Okay. All right. So he's 10 years younger than I am. So he's yeah. 47. Okay. So he's probably out of the league eh, 12 years ago. Okay. Right. okay. Uh, six foot eight. He went to Kentucky University. Yeah. Okay. Uh, between 90 and 93. He was drafted in 1993 and he played for four teams. Oh, man, I don't like those journeymen. Mm. You going to give me another one? Is that it? Yeah, no, I'll give so, Okay. Man, so he, he was... Hostile, tough crowd here. He man, was, he was, give he, me some clues, for he, goodness sake. He was an all-star. Um, he was in the NBA All-Rookie First Team in 94. And he was drafted fourth in 1993. Jamal Mashburn. My man. My man. My man. Serious? Uh. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> How did that? K- uh. K- Kentucky? Yeah. Yeah. Kentucky. Yep. And the, you know, the age is probably the biggest clue. Yeah. Because if he gives me, you know, modern guys, I struggle with it. But the older guys, I'm thinking, oh, you know what? And then I was thinking, all right. Kentucky, yeah, and then I started thinking, how old's Jason Kidd? Because if I you said know, if like, I said Mavs, you would have got straight away. I was actually tossing up between going between Jim Jackson and Jamal Mashburn, yeah, because they played together. And I, but I would have gotten Ohio State because I'm a Big Ten man. Yeah, yeah, you would have got it straight yeah. away because I saw when he went Ohio State. I'm like, oh, he'll get this like in two seconds. Yeah, so uh, well done, man. Boom. Well done. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's uh, let's hear our community commentary for the week, shall we? The Ride Aquatic Center Men's Division 4. Thank you guys for sending this in, and uh, yeah, we will be critiquing. All right, boys, bring it in. Big game today, all right? Raptors (laughs) on me, Raptors on three. One, two, three, Raptors! Raptors. That's a good start. Just want to tell me what's going on out there? I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) That goes running down the field looking for the opportunity. Down the field. Okay. That's one. Let's go, Raptors! Down the field. The Italians on the field are our boyfriends, so we know that we'll have to deal with the car ride home. And if they go, oh, did you see that shot I made? We need to be like, yeah, I did. It was really good. I saw you were there, and this happened. It was great, and it was wonderful. Tall Andy's got it. Andy threw it out. Yeah, <laughs> Why is he called Tall Andy? Because he's one of the two tall people on the team. We need more tall people, though, because it's... We, it's not benefiting, benefiting us that we have short people on this team. Come on, pass it down to Sacco. Let's go. Sacco, Number come seven. on, Sacco. Let's go, Raptors! Throw the ball. Pass the ball. Honey, pass the ball. James, come on, baby. Come on. There's some lingo. They got one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did say throw first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> she had autocorrect on. 
Still absolutely no idea what's going on. Oh my god, that guy is taller than Andy. I, I told you. How the fuck? He's dying. Oh my. <laughs> it just Three, got interesting. Two, one, 55, 22. That's the thing. 55. That's the thing. It's a nail biter. That's the thing. They are getting pumped. We won't be laughing on the way home. No, we won't. No. Oh god. Oh god. How'd you go out there, buddy? Uh, you know what? It was a tough game. The other team were they were a better team, and uh, definitely hammered us, and that definitely let down our defense a bit. Do the girls come every week to support you? Yeah, they do. No, no, they do. <laughs> That's what's helping us a bit. Um, but yeah, it's good. Good support. You know, uh, I think I should play in the Ride Aquatic Centre Men's Division Four because it sounds like I would absolutely dominate. <laughs> <laughs> Like I don't know if they are they playing on an actual court or is it a grass field? Is it Italians? It sounds like a cross hybrid between soccer and basketball. They're throwing There's and then shooting. Lots of swearing. Like yeah. this is yeah, interesting stuff. Good on the girls for for being there and showing the support though, even though Absolutely. they weren't entirely sure what was going on. That's yeah. right. Good on them. I yeah, know exactly. I, I like love and, the enthusiasm. And they're honest. I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to support my partner anyway. Yeah. I like that. Well done. I like that. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Really appreciate it. I asked it. my other half to come and watch me play last night, actually, and he point blank just said no. I was <laughs> like, well, there's a man dog house. who yeah. is secure where, where, in his where, relationship. Where, 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 where do you play it? Um, at Crow's Nest. Okay. Yep. Mixed it, it, basketball Tuesday nights. All right. At the Norse Basketball League. I yeah. Know. yeah. I love it. I might have to bring my daughter along, and we might have to uh, come – I've been threatening this for a couple of years now, haven't I? No, dude. It's yeah. great fun. Yeah. I sent you a text to come and watch me last week and you didn't turn up. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, fin- I think I finished with uh, two points, six boards, nine assists. Ooh. That's all right. Good. That's yeah. You know what? I always talk about players when the ball's not going in, what other contributions are you making? Well done. Yeah. So that that was my game. That was my game. Um Guys, I've got a little interesting, little interesting segment. It's um, you know, just obviously we got that Aussie theme, obviously with Brett Brown coaching the uh, the Olympic team next year. But I've always wanted to ask um, a couple of because there's so many differing opinions on this, and I want um, Joe, I'm going to start with you. Who would your top five all-time Australian players be? And it can they can be guys that were in the NBA, they can be guys that had whole careers in the NBL, but just just your top five. That is so hard. Um, it's hard. Yeah, I Luke Longley is number one. Oh, do I? They, do they have to be in order? No, no, no. no? Okay. okay, so Luke Longley's in your five. Yeah, yeah. I think although he's fresh, I, you can't go past Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who else has won Rookie of the Year? No one. Yep. Andrew Gaze. Yep. Paddy Mills, and then the, I think my fifth one would be completely open and up for debate um I grew up admiring I I wore number 11 like Shane Heal loved watching Brett Maher I don't know Aaron Aaron Baines could you don't have Bogut there yeah and and then yeah that's the other one but then I've got what two three centers in my top five so that's okay that's okay yeah but Bogut probably would be as well that's a great team that that's you know a, the team that you, you named is is actually my team, but I, yeah, but I'll, 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 they're all, they're I'll, yeah, you're, I'll, you're I'll, identical. I'll give you my order, so oh, I'll, okay. I'll finish with my order. But you, you, you go, you go, okay. Steve. Mine is a product of I've come to Australia, mm-hmm. and these are the players that I have admired. And my I've just gone 
the domestic league. Okay, cool. You know, because that's been my Steve, life. Steve, you can't just Australia. change the rules like that. I, I, I tend to do that. He does Joe, that. <laughs> he does that quite a bit. He just, yeah. Uh, he, we're changing the name uh, to <laughs> Stephen Slam next week. It's, you know, Carfino's courtside, whatever you want to call no, it. It's, I love your team, Joe. I'm, I'm just kind of maybe justifying mine now because yours was so good. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm just going to go guard because guards are more important than bigs, you know, as far as I'm concerned, because I'm a guard. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not hurt at all by the fact that you wore number 11, Shane Hill wore, and I wore number 11 too. So, you know, I'm, I'm in that book as well. I love that number. It was just given to me, though. I didn't pick it. Um, I'm going to go with Shane Hill because Shane Hill's a pioneer. Okay. Shane Hill, there was, even, there was no pathway to the NBA unless you tried college basketball. And Shane was – Recruited by the University of Arizona, Lute Olson, my coach, before he, he went to Iowa and then went to Arizona. He went after Shane Heal hard. He would have been in the same backcourt as Steve Kerr. Imagine that backcourt outside yeah. the three-point line. Threes from everywhere. Yeah. Yep. And, and Shane's a pioneer. He just blazed his way into the NBA off the back of not just shoulder-charging Charles, Charles Barkley, but he dropped like eight threes in that game. You know, like so he got on the map. In one game, basically, and backed it up, you know, as he went to make the Timber Minnesota Timberwolves. So massive uh, Shane Heal fan. Brett Maher, the silent assassin. Yeah. I got him at the two guard. That guard spot right there, playing in the NBL, Brett Maher was the epitome of consistency and pretty much put Adelaide on his back and put Adelaide on the basketball map as one of my favorite places to go and call a game. Andrew Gaze. Okay. Okay. Next. Next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the greatest of all time. Um, you, you say, is, you, is, hang on. You're saying Andrew Gaze is the greatest Australian player of all time? Yes. Really? Why are you looking at me at, like I'm crazy? Really? What? Go ahead and say something no, no, against no. that argument. I dare you. Go ahead. I'm just, I'm just saying. You're 44 saying, points a game. I don't care. Yeah, with Steve. I don't care. Who you're playing are you, are against? Are you talking about Australian ever or just NBL players? You know that comp we were listening to? You know, at uh, the Ride Aquatic Center? Yeah. You couldn't get 44 points a game playing <laughs> against those bozos. Andrew Gaze was doing it against the best competition no, 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 no. Listen, in I, Australia. Listen, I agree with you, but are you saying he's the best player to play in the NBL or the best Australian player ever, period? I, I'm just going to say blanket. He's the greatest player of all time. Okay. I think ever as well. He had a... A difficult time in the NBA, but timing had a lot to do with that and decisions he made and putting the NBL before the NBA and some of those things. I think had not necessarily had he had his time again, he would change it, but different circumstances, I think he would have been really good in the uh, NBA. Andrew Gay's father of the year too. This guy, it's, he has a hard time leaving Melbourne. You know, like he was in the US, came back. You know, to be with his family. He was in Sydney. He was flying to Melbourne like every other week. I just to wanted see to his see, I just wanted to see if you had a half decent argument to come because I'm not disagreeing. I just wanted to know what the argument is. And Joe, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it was all about timing because you guys got you have guys like Joe Ingalls now, right? Who is killing it for Utah. And let's be honest, and I love Joe Ingalls. Andrew Gaze is a better player than Joe Ingalls. So imagine what Andrew Gaze would have done in today's NBA. I think he, I think he would have been a superstar. I mean, Joe Ingles barely made made it into the NBA. He was at the airport ready to come home. The Clippers had gotten rid of him, and then Utah was like, you know what? We like this guy. Let's give him a shot. And then Joe turns that opportunity into like a Tom Brady opportunity, <laughs> and he just takes it with both hands. And 
you know, Utah consider him the best three man in the NBA. So no disrespect to Joe Ingles, but Andrew Gay is my greatest player of all time. Now, when you say Australian, do you mean Australian born? Because I, I, I'm my talking next player, about Australian accent. So you're Australian not, uh, born Kyrie Irving's in there for me then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Kyrie. Boom. Shaka laka right there. Take that one. I, I went with Leroy Loggins and everybody looked at me like that. I mean, he's an Australian. You, you took the A <laughs> off and everything. So if I can't go with Leroy Loggins, I'm going to go uh, Andrew Vlahoff. Vlahoff, you know, he a winner. The winner at Stanford, tough, gritty, especially since every single player that is in my top five Australians represented their country and played on the Olympic team or played for the, in the world championships. Actually, all these guys would have played yeah. for Australian Olympic teams and almost getting a medal. Man, I wish, you know, these guys would have been able to do it. They got so close every time. I mean, Andrew Gaze and Shane Heal led were one and two in scoring when they win at the Olympic Games. All these achievements just are just click, click, you know, notching things up as far as they're pioneers. Getting, I know I'm going over the time limit, but let me get no, to you're my good. you're good. Let me get to my last player, Mark Bradkey. He's like yeah. a guy that oh, nobody yeah. remembers. He was a dominant force in the NBL. He was I mean, he's going up against bigger centers. Um, he played in the NBA, played for the 76ers. He's he's done just about everything that all the players that we rave about. He's just one of those unassuming players that was always willing to be the passer or the screener or uh, obviously a rebounder, but what a great player. So that's my five. So okay, let me yeah. just reiterate who I've got. Shane Heal, Brett Maher, Andrew Gaze, Andrew Vlahoff, and Mark Bradkey. I like yeah. that. That's a solid five. Solid. I like that too. Bradkey was on my sort of TBC in that probably top 10 mix and I was yeah. like who do I mm. did you toss up like I was sitting there tossing up and before I just had to throw a theme to it because it would the the possibilities yeah. are just too vast I had like 30 players but, that but, I was thinking about but isn't before that good, I got to that that's good now that we have that you know we're talking about over 25 30 years that's that's a lot of really talented basketball players that Australia's come up with I mean I'm I'll, I'll quickly do my five because you know Joe's actually stolen on my thunder my top five in order. I, 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 I think. A, see, that's your that's your fault. I know. See, I, I shouldn't have invited after, her to the show. She's after just she, taking my thunder after, after she took your first list, I'd have been like, Joe, you got to go third. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got Andrew Bogut as the best Australian player. First first round, first Australian to be picked first in the NBA draft. People forget how good Andrew Bogut was. People forget he was all NBA third team. That means he was the third best center in the whole league. The guy was averaging 18 points, 12 rebounds a game when he was at the Bucks before that injury, you know, when uh, he had his elbow injury. Second, and obviously this is more on just the talent that I've seen in the last couple of years. I've got Simmons. I've got Gaze at three. I've got Longley at four because I think, uh, you know, he can't take away for the championships. And, you know, mm. he played in a really tough era against some really tough centers in the 90s. And uh, my fifth guy was really tough. I had Paddy Mills just for his longevity in the league. So, um, yeah, but I think we're all on the same page. I don't think, you know, you can say anything bad about any of our lists. It's just it's kind of whichever direction that you want to take it. Everyone had a story for their team. And I, I enjoyed, I mean, of course I enjoyed everybody's list, but I enjoyed why you picked them. Mm. You know, what, what inspired you to pick that person? I, that's what I enjoyed more. Yeah. Joe, are you ready? I'm really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is, I think, I think you'll get this. Okay. I think you get this. So this player was born in 1982. Okay. Okay. 
So um, they were the second overall pick in 2001. Did not go to college. Okay, hang on a second. Yep, go on. Okay. So, um, so they were selected by the Clippers. Now, this may help you a lot. They've played for nine teams. That's a tough one. I'll give you another clue. Yeah. He was the NBA Defensive Player of the Year in 2012. Oh, okay. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. Currently play for the Lakers. Currently plays for... No, not the, oh. not the Lakers. Played for the, uh, but recently played for the Lakers. This is annoying because I will know this. Give, give us the clues again. You know what? Let me go through it again. One's going to click. So one's born, click born, born in 82, mm-hmm. um, went to high school in uh, Dominguez, which is Compton, California. Went straight into the NBA draft, bypassed college. He was the second overall pick in 2001. Played for nine nine teams, was an NBA champion in twenty eleven, and all um, and NBA Defensive Player of the Year in twenty twelve. I the name I yeah I'm gonna He's know a center. It. Yep. Yeah, go on. Kwame Brown. What isn't it? Kwame Brown. Didn't he? Didn't he go to Dominguez High School? Kwame Brown was a Kwame Brown was a bust. As if he would get Defensive Player of the Year. Oh Steve, my bad, Steve, <laughs> you're out. Bum, I'm bum. glad it wasn't mine. All right, it was Tyson Chandler. Tyson yes. Chandler. Oh. Yeah. Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler. So I would have gotten that one wrong. It, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was a tough one. Well, I, I, I wanted to get one that was still had. Ju- it was still at the end of their career. Yeah. The, no, that was that was a good one actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but he's he's currently he's played for a lot of teams. Yep. But yeah, defensive player of the year. He was the, he was really key on that Mavs team in 2011. With uh, that, for me, I reckon in the last 10 years, that's been my probably my favorite. And I'm sorry, it was against your Heat, but that was like my favorite yeah. NBA final series. Like when Dirk Dirk beat the big three by by himself. It was insane. Yeah. It, no, really, really good. Do you know? What? I still feel really sad when I think about the fact that. Dirk retired last last season. I I was such a fan. Oh yeah. Um, they went and named a street after him in Dallas and all that kind of thing. Oh, oh yeah. such a just absolute legend. Oh yeah, and you one know, team player. Such a yeah. yeah there yeah. we go. Uh, a classy guy. I mean, you know, when the city just adores you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Luca stays there. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, he could be that another Dirk. Yeah. Luca is. He's killing it. Yeah, oh, man. he yeah. is. That, uh, the funny is thing is, when I watch, he, when I is he having fun too? He's out there. He couldn't wait to get in the NBA. Man, he. But he looks like he's just so chill on the court. He's just everything is like, it's the good players make it look like they're not trying, mm. and he's just hitting step backs from like thirty five feet and just driving past guys, dunking on guys. And the guy, what is he? Twenty years old. Oh yeah. Youngest, second youngest player ever to get a forty-point triple double. Wait, didn't he get MVP of the Euro League at like sixteen or something? Something like that. Something yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every every when he first came in the league, I just loved the press conferences afterwards when they'd be like Draymond Green. He was like, "Yeah, that boy got it." You know, yeah. <laughs> guys that they don't they would never give anyone any credit, and everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, he's legit." Yeah. It's, it's, it's especially funny to me when it's a white guy and and the black guys are like, 
like but like you talked about Larry Bird, like yeah, that white boy, he's got it. <laughs> like Steve Nash, and how just because oh, yeah. it's just that level of respect. Like Jason Jason Williams, forty fourth birthday yesterday. That guy could bore, man. I just love watching Jason Williams play. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just said Steve Nash. How dominant was he mm. those two years? He was MVP. Woo, man. Ridiculous. You know, just something about a little skinny white guy with a, that looks like James Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You're never going to be able to unsee that. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to be – every I mean, time I see him, I'm going to be hearing that James Blunt song in my he head. He was now. so crafty in the key. He used to get shots off when and no one would jump. Like, he would – he no one knew what he was going to do, and he would shoot, and guys wouldn't even have put their hands up. They're like dumbfounded. What's he going to do? Like his teammates knew something was going to happen. They all were running towards him like with their hands up because he would find in everybody. But, yeah, every now and then you'll say something. I'll be like, oh, that's right. Steve Nash was a monster. He was a monster. Him and Amare far out. Didn't yeah. they? they were just incredible. How about when Damian Lillard came into the league? His first game was against Steve Nash and the Lakers. He destroyed Steve Nash. He was like – there is no way this old white guy can guard me. He was old. Steve Nash was old at the Lakers, though. He couldn't, I know, yeah, he couldn't move, man. What, he couldn't move. I, I saw Damian. I was like, God, this guy is just ruthless. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's yeah. sti- and he still does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Massive chip. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, we've, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but I want to, I want to, you know, I want to pass the, uh, the, the, the mic over to, to Joe because, you know, I really appreciate you coming in today, Joe. And obviously on Fox, you know, and on um, the basketball show, obviously you guys got to follow, you know, your segments and all that sort of stuff. Is there anything that you just want to get off your chest that you're like, I just want to let loose? Or is there something that you want to talk about that is exciting in the world of sports at the moment? Um, way to put me on the spot. Yeah, I, well, that's what I like to do. I yeah, like okay. I like to do that because I do it for Steve, and he usually he, he comes to the fore. He hasn't crum- he hasn't crumbled yet. No, no. Can I ask Joe something? You know, personal before she gets started on yeah, her yeah. rant. Cool. Okay. How do you feel about your fiance's mustache? I see it on social media. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, that could be the rant. Yeah. Um, well, the rant is actually in that case the fact that so we're we're actually getting married next week. Oh, um, congratulations! And he got rid of it for the wedding. I mean, not not. Not fully rid of it. Everybody still thinks he's got one, but it's not quite as full on full as it was. Um, it was a little bit like like kissing a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I really like it. We've been through through a number of hair experiments over the years, <laughs> the two of us. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, nah, he's. Um, I, I I like it. Wait. Sounds like you're a bit jealous almost, are you? No, no. You know, it's just it's just something that I noticed. Of course, you know, I follow Joe on <laughs> of social the, media. Of the mo, I mean. Of yeah. the mo. Uh, Have you ever grown a beard? No. you. I No. Can you? No. I, if I did, I'd look like Morgan Freeman because it'd be really gray. <laughs> but uh, but um, no, no, no. I grew a mustache for a little while and everyone, as soon as, as, soon as they saw it, would just break out in tears laughing. <laughs> I look like the Frito Bandito, you know, like a guy that's... You know, just uh, like a drug lord in Mexico. You know, I, I'm not. It's not a good look for me. Facial hair is not good for me. Yeah, I can't see it suiting you at all. Uh, no. To be honest, 
like this is this is me after without one i can't go like one day no no this okay. is a week okay. Okay. I, i'm one of those guys i don't have yeah. to shave ever it's the best it's the best thing in the world so. i know i was gonna say one day what are you lebanese or something <laughs> yeah can i say that yeah you can say that <laughs> um, puerto rican <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hairy races yeah. Well, hey, we always talk about some sort of race on every single week of the show. So. Our listeners would be disappointed if I didn't say something incorrect. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, listen, Joe, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. We really appreciate it. Hopefully, we, you know, we can have you on the show soon. Good luck with uh, you know the wedding and yeah, we um, yeah we look forward to having you on down the track. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. I'd love to come back. Awesome, Steve. And uh, listen, you can come back next week as well if you'd like. Thanks, Evan. Uh, all good. For everybody listening, thank you so much. Uh, we re- always appreciate it. And uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to Inside Slam on all your favorite podcast catches. Also, please check out globalstorynetwork.com for our podcast and lots of other fun podcasts as well. Also, don't forget to follow Inside Slam on Instagram and also Global Story Network on Twitter. And we will see you next week. Next week.